Welcome to Broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience in Allen, Texas or at church1132.com. Exodus chapter 25, verse 8. This is Moses. We've been talking about Moses since the beginning of the year. Moses is about to build the tabernacle. In this passage of Scripture, God is speaking to Moses. We find that God speaks to Moses as somebody speaks to a friend. I mean, they just talk. It's just, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's, really, uh, it's really incredible, the relationship that they have. And God tells him in verse 8, he says, Then have them, the people, make a sanctuary for me, and I will dwell among them. He gives them a word about what he's supposed to do. He says, you're going to build a sanctuary for me. We're great at receiving future destiny, future dreams, future promises. I mean, we love that. But then he says, make this tabernacle and all its furnishings exactly like the pattern that I will show you. Now, this tells me something. He says, I'm telling you to build something, but I'm also going to give you a pattern how to build it. This is really good news because I don't know if you've ever tried to make something without a pattern, but it's difficult. But a lot of times this is how we construct the will of God in our lives is that God says you're going to do something great and then we try to construct something great. But without the pattern, we often fail at constructing what we have in our mind. This is why if you're building something, you need directions. Now some of you men out there, you know, you have problems with directions. Uh, some of Jamie and I's biggest fights have been in the car about driving. I wish I could tell you it was about some massive issue, but it hasn't been. It's been about my driving. And so we just celebrated our 10-year wedding anniversary, and I'm just going to, for 10 years I've fought it and just said, no, I am a good driver. I am. But now 10 years, I'm turning a corner. I'm telling you right now, I'm turning a corner. I am a bad driver. I felt so good to say that. I, I, feel, I, feel like I'm, I feel like I'm getting set free right now. Just like, it's just admitting it, you know, it's first step to recovery. And we, we struggle sometimes, and oftentimes, especially with directions, we will refuse to look at directions forever because we have in our mind the picture of how to get there. We've done this before. We've seen so-and-so. We rode with so-and-so. We know how to get there. Uh, babe, you want me to just look it up on Google Maps? You know the app for directions? No, I got it. Don't worry about it. Three hours later. I just, I needed to, I wanted to take a long route. I, I wanted to take the scenic route. I want, we're making up all kinds of excuses. On the side, we're like Google Maps, like trying, trying to get it, trying to find the way. Because we have a picture in our mind of where we're going, and then we try to get there. This is what God does with the will. With This is what we do with the will of God in our lives. And I want to help somebody that really wants to do what God's put in your heart to do. I want to help the person out there that is saying, I want to accomplish the will of God for my life. I just don't know how to find it. God told me I was going to build something. But he hadn't given me the pattern yet. God told me I was going to go somewhere. I just don't have the recipe yet. God told me I was going to construct something great with my life. I just don't know how to get there. I want to turn to Acts chapter 8. And then you can just keep your, your finger there. Or uh, you can just keep it open because we'll come back to it later. It says, now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south. He's giving him directions. Go south to the road. You know that road? The desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. 
So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Candake, which means the queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and to sit with him. Now, we're going to come back to this in a moment, but this is what the angel says. The angel says, I'm going to give you some directions. I'm actually going to tell you where to go to an intersection of God's encounter with this Ethiopian eunuch. He says, I'm actually going to lead you step by step to where you need to go. Wouldn't that be nice if God just gave us step by step directions for the will of God? Man, we're trying to follow you, God, but this is getting a little difficult. I, I mean, I see these great things that I want to do. Just how do I get there? Have you ever felt like you don't have what it takes? Or have you ever felt like you don't know what the step is to get from here to there? There's always, and we talk about this, there's always a process between here and there. There's always a process between promise and fulfillment. There's always a process of from who I am now and what I'm going to be. And that process is where we lose more men and women of God than any other place. We, more, we lose more people in the wilderness than we do to compromise. Because people wear out in the wilderness. People bounce back from compromise. People fall, they get back up, they keep on trucking. But when people get lost, they lose hope. And when people lose hope, they lose purpose. And when people lose purpose, there is no more will to build what God has put in their hearts to build. I want to attempt to tackle for the next couple moments together the complexities of trying to discern and understand God's will for our life. We've been talking about climb higher, and when we talk about climb higher, we're talking about learning how to get above our situations. So if you've been a part of any of the, the rest of the series, you can look it up online if you missed it. When we say climb higher, we mean getting away with God. We mean actually taking time and space to focus on Him. And when I do that, I can climb above the situations that I was in, and the same problem that looks impossible in the valley looks very small from the mountain. What looks daunting in the valley looks unimpressive from the mountain. So we have to learn how to climb higher. We have to learn how to get away with God. We have to learn how to make time and space to be with him so that we can see what he sees. The Bible says that his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways, which means I've got to figure out a way to see what he sees the way that he sees it because the way that I see it, that looks impossible. The way that I look at it, it looks like I won't be able to bounce back from that. The way that I see it is God wasn't fair to me. The way that I see it is God walked out on me. The way that I see it is that I've gone too far and done too much. But when you see it from his perspective, he took a murderer like David and made him into a king. He took a murderer and a wanderer like Moses and made him into a deliverer. He had a history. God has a history, a pedigree, a reputation. He is notorious for taking people that have really jacked up their lives 
and using them to do great things. So to, this morning, as we're talking about climbing higher, we have to learn that on the mountain is actually where God gives us the pattern. He said, and we read this in Exodus, we read that God said, I will show you the pattern. So I want to show you where he says this. Exodus, then chapter 25, verse 40. After there is a complete list of the smallest details that you could ever imagine on how to build the tabernacle. The tabernacle was the meeting place of God. God was telling him how to build it. Some of you are like, well, I'm not really interested in the tabernacle. That's all right. It's actually super amazing. There's a lot of details. And he gives him, he tells him what measurements. He tells him what material. He tells him what to use where. And then he says this in Exodus 25. 40. See that you make them according to the pattern shown you where? On the mountain. So he says, I'll show you. And then we find out that he did show him. And he showed him on the mountain. Exodus chapter 26, verse 30, the next chapter. After all of these lists of materials and instructions, again, he says, set up the tabernacle according to the plan shown you on the mountain. Next chapter, after all of this list of materials and details and steps, Exodus chapter 27, verse 8, make the altar hollow out of boards. It is to be made just as you were shown on the mountain. Now, I got I to show you this. This is really key, is what God gave him on the mountain wasn't for the mountain. He couldn't build what he got where he was. He had to take what he got back to where he was supposed to be, and then God said, you got to build the tabernacle back where I'm sending you. I'm going to give you instruction on the mountain, but then you got to go down into the valley, and you got to build it. you got to go into the valley, and you've got to put it together there. A lot of us, we don't want to take the journey back into the valley. We want to live on the mountaintop and have God do everything for you and have pastors spoon-feed you and, and have leaders coddle you. I'm going to tell you, God's raising you up to feed yourself. God's raising you up to be a giant killer yourself. God's raising you up to take ground yourself. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. You're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. I'm telling you, you have everything you need right inside of you. And if you would just get up on the mountain, God would begin to lay out his plan. And that plan then translates to wherever God has planted you. The mountain is just a meeting place. It is an equipping place. It is a place where God gives you what you need. And then it says that he goes down into the valley. The conflict is that we get the pattern from the mountain, but we have to build it in the valley. Patterns gathered from the valley are often reactionary instead of strategic. This is what I found is that many people in the valley, they'd make huge decisions for their life. Like who to marry. Like to quit their job. When you're going through a valley and you lose your temper at work, that is not the time to quit your job. It's time to go get alone with God and get to the mountain and get his strategy for what you need to walk back into. It doesn't mean that you never step down. It doesn't mean that you never quit. It means that if you make the decision in the valley, it is reactionary. If you make it from the mountain, it is strategic. God said, I'm going to give you. Why didn't God speak to him in the valley? No, he said, Moses, the only place I speak to you is on the mountain. I'll be with you in the valley. But I speak to you on the mountain, which is symbolic to us that God says, I'll always be there for you. 
I will always speak to you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. And Tyler already said it on the stage. It is not that God is not here. He's saying that when we climb higher, it's an invitation from us to God saying, come and tell us what we should do. And I'll tell you, God moves in steps. God moves in steps. It's not sexy. It's not fun. It's not amazing. It's steps. It's a little step like get up and do it again tomorrow. It's a little step like save money. It's a little step like do practical things. It's a little step like change yourself. It's a little step like get on Google Maps. It's a little step like lower your pride. It's, a li- it's the little things. How do I get there? Take little steps until you get there. Pastor, how do I discover the will of God for my life? Take what he's shown you and do it. Well, God called me to preach around the world. That's awesome. I'm so, I'm so happy. Are you leading a small group? Oh, pastor, I am not called to the small group. I am called to the pulpit. I am called to preach the glorious gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, let's just stop right there. If you're not leading somebody already, why should we put you up in front of anybody? If, if, the, if the gospel you preach doesn't work in a small group, what makes you think it'll work in a large group? Well, pastor, I, I'm on the, I'm, God said it was a big dream, and God will take you to the big dream in small steps. If you go try to start the big business that God showed you right now, you might miss it. You might need to take little steps. Until you get the cash flow, until you get the reputation, until you get what you need to have to take the next step and the next step and the next step. And one time in the future, you're going to look back and say, wow, look what God did. And he said, how did God do it? One giant leap, one giant risk, one giant jump. Nope, really, really small, painful steps. The mountain to the valley. I'll give you a couple just practical things on how God leads us. God leads us in, 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 in a couple different ways, but God leads us in steps that we can take. Which is so amazing about God is he doesn't ask us to take a step that we are not able to take. This is why some of us get so overwhelmed with the call of God because we see the dream and we try to jump for the dream instead of taking the step. And God will give you steps if you listen. The Bible says if you commit your way to the Lord, he will direct your, it didn't say direct your dreams. It didn't say direct your, your, your vast ideas. It said he just directs your just little steps, just day-to-day steps. He'll just direct your steps. I, I found out something. If, if I take the right steps, I get to the right place. It's, it's just, I know, I, know it's, I know it's deep today. So I'll, I'll, try, I'll try, to like, try to make it a little bit more relatable. Like, if you follow the steps in the recipe then you usually get closer to the right product. If you take the steps on the directions, you usually get to the right place. But when it comes to the will of God, we look at the destination and we make assumptions about that destination and we just begin to run for it. And we miss the steps. And if I've learned anything about God, is that God is more concerned with the steps I take than the place I get to. Because the journey is just as important as the destination. That God's trying to shape me and shake me and cut some things off of me. Thank 
God for what I've been through because what I've been through got me ready for where I'm going. If I wouldn't have gone through what I went through, then I would never be ready for what God's taken me into. Every single painful situation, every mistake, every setback, every disappointment was God working in me, stripping pride, stripping insecurity, stripping ignorance, stripping things off of me so I could actually be what God's called me to be. This is a process. These are steps. This is something that God leads us in, step by step. God would not ask you to do something that he has not empowered you to do. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9 says, In their hearts, humans plan their course. This is what we do. Plan our course. But the Lord establishes their steps. Pastor, I want to do something great for God. I do too. I do too. And it starts in steps. Like just little unimportant steps. I see some of our young guys, they come up and, and, and they're like, man, pastor, we're called the ministry. I'm like, that's awesome. Uh, we, got some, we got some toilets to clean. We got a lobby to clean. No, 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 pastor. I'm called to ministry. Do you know what I started doing? I started as the janitor of the church. Unpaid janitor of the church, just FYI. Cleaning urinals. If there's not a more humbling job than clean. Now, I'm a man, okay? But y'all other men, y'all need to work on your accuracy. I mean, I don't mean to be your wife or your mom right now, but, like, we have to clean up for you. And it's really gross and unimpressive. Just because you can get that up there I'm not impressed. I got to get a stepladder to clean it off the wall. I mean, it's like, what are you doing in there? People say I want ministry because they see the course. They see the end. But they don't see the process. They didn't see the years that I was cleaning those urinals thinking, why am I not preaching? Why am I not teaching? Where's my opportunity? Why is no one calling me? Why doesn't anyone see my gift? They didn't see years with no salary, working three different jobs while I was doing internship just to pay my own way through internship, just to make it, to buy my own clothes, to buy my own car, just trying to make it, getting up early in the morning and seeking the face of God and wondering why no one sees me. Ministry is something that you can run after if you want, but the steps are more important than the destination because it was in those moments when I preached to an empty sanctuary. It was in those moments when I stood up on the stage I was cleaning and turned out and looked at all those seats and then preached my best messages at 2 a.m. with not one person in the auditorium. That's what shapes you. This doesn't shape you. This is shaping us for something else. Everything is a process. God is dreaming so much bigger than we are. That's why he has to take us little by little. Because if he gave us too much, we would settle too soon. He has to take us little by little so our sights continue to rise and we continue to run after what he has for us to run after. God leads us in steps that we can take. And I love this. God leads us in the way that we can win. We want the fastest way. And he wants you to win. He says, we want the fastest way. And he says, I want to make sure you get there. We, we want the shortcut. He says, I just want to make sure you get there and you still love me. 
and you still love your wife, and you still love your kids, so let me take you my way. See, this, this will of God thing is complex because we see the end, but we have to walk through the steps to get there. And this is why God to Moses says over and over and over and over again, don't forget about the pattern I showed you. I know you're caught up in the building, but don't, don't, don't forget. Three chapters in a row. Hey, Moses, great. Good job, buddy. Don't forget about what I showed you. Oh, and remember it was on the mountain? Don't forget what I showed you on the mountain. You know what I found in ministry? That if I don't get the pattern for the church on the mountain, then I start to copy people in the valley. If, if I don't get the pattern for us from the mountain, then by the pressure and by the emails, love those emails, by, by, the, by, by the social media posts, all that, I begin to adjust my pattern to alleviate the pressure. But when you have a pattern from the mountain, nobody in the valley can shake it. We've had to tell people before, this is the direction we're going. We're doing our best to just take the step that God showed us on the mountain. If it was a valley vision, it would be adjustable. But we didn't come up with a vision. It's, it's his vision. I don't have the authority to change what he said. I'm sorry. I don't have the authority to switch what he already said. We have to be obedient to the steps. I was praying the other day, and I felt like God spoke to me so clearly. He said, hold tightly to your step and lightly to your destination. Hold tightly to the step, but lightly to the destination. Because I've found that sometimes God will put a destination out there so that I take a step. And he'll teach me something in that step, but then he'll change the destination. So I step over here. And then when I run after that and I take that step, then he'll change the destination back over here. And I, but That's why sometimes your training does not resemble your product. Because see, I was not training to be a professional janitor. But the step was... If he didn't put that in front of me, I wouldn't have taken it. And because I took the step, now we switched the destination. He said, now that I know you can do that, let me give you this. See, God will switch up your destination on you. And this is where believers get in real trouble, is that we hold on to a destination tightly and a step loosely. So why am I not hearing from God? Because you never obeyed the last thing he told you. Like, that, that God is so silent. No, no, he's not silent. He's just waiting. As soon as you obey the last thing he told you. See, I don't know why in Christianity we think we get to go from first grade to seventh grade. Without passing first grade. It's like, oh, I got a dream. I'm going to have a ministry from first grade to seventh. God's like, what is this fairy tale you're living in? You have not even learned to be humble. You haven't even learned to be generous. You haven't even learned to be obedient. And you're going to go from first to seventh. No, no, no. Past first grade. And then let's go to second grade. And let's learn. You know what? I, I, I've, I've learned this about education. I was homeschooled, but I learned a couple things. Um, that in each grade, there's some specific things that you need to learn. And they build on each other. And if you skip too many grades, you'll skip key fundamental elements that you actually need in every other grade that you go to and every degree of education that you step into for the rest of your life. That's why the steps are important. We were driving, I was speaking at a church yesterday, 
And so we were driving there, and there's a couple, three cars that were going, all leaving at different times. And we were going, and um, I got a text from uh, my buddy Troy, and he says, hey, there's serious traffic. Man, you got to go a different way. We're, like, locked up over here. And so we put it into Google Maps, Google Maps, and and it, not Apple Maps, FYI, I love Apple, but not Apple Maps, because Apple Maps, like, led me to the middle of a field, like, seven times. It's like, okay, I'm not doing this again. It's like, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, or no, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me, something like that. Anyways, I was lost in the field. And so Google Maps, and uh, Google Maps took us, we never hit any traffic, but we actually drove more miles. So if I was left to my logic, I want to help you with the will of God. If I was left to my logic, I would have went the shorter route, but it would have took me longer. But because I had a step-by-step, we took a longer route that got us there faster. And we didn't get stopped in traffic, and we didn't get by the accident. We didn't get by. See, if we could be patient and obedient, God would accelerate our future. Sometimes what we think is God being slow is him waiting on us to take the right steps so that he can lead us in the way that we can win. The last one, God leads us to a place that is good. I don't know where this kind of got into our psyche as Christians, but we start thinking that God's like out to get us. Like God doesn't want you to be happy. God doesn't want to use your life greatly. God doesn't want, listen, God wants to bless you. God, God wants to make your story have a good ending. And I'll tell you why. It's not just so that you can have a good ending, although he loves to bless you. It's so that he can get the glory. Because if people would have looked at me when I was 15, and they would see what God was going to do, they would, listen, when you're down and out, and God uses you to do something big for him, people say, that has to be God. See, all y'all qualified people, it's not even that big of a testimony because you're gifted. Well, some of us that are just like trying to make it, when God uses us, people are like, well, that's got to be God. Well, surely that's not him. I mean, uh, that has got to be God. See, God gets all the glory if we can begin to do something great with the little that we have. And the little that we have is used by God when we take the little steps that he gives us to get us to the place that he is leading us. I listened to a, a message from a, a pastor who's went through a lot recently, and, and uh, his, his name, probably if I said it, a lot of you would know, pastors, pastored one of the greatest churches in America, uh, one of the fastest growing churches in America, went through a huge struggle and has been restored and is walking back and he just preached his first message since he came back and, and, and he said this and I think it's so good he said if you're not dead God's not done if you are not dead God's not done I don't know who that's for this morning somebody needs to take that and just if you don't hear anything else you need to hear this if you're not dead God's not done. And Michael Maiden said it a couple weeks ago, it's not over until it's good. God says, I'm not letting this thing end like it is. I'm not letting you die in the wilderness. This thing will not be over until it's good. And if it's not good yet, then that's good news because God's not finished with your journey yet. And if you would just take the steps that he put out in front of you, God would begin to blow your mind with the possibilities of what he could do through a submitted, devoted life. I'm going to have Nate come back up to the keys, and I, I want to begin to wind down. I'm still going to talk for a minute, so, uh, but it just sounds more spiritual when he comes up there. And, and I, I saw Nate was on the keys today, and, and uh, Dale, 
we call him De La, De La Strings or De La Keys or whatever he does. His last name is De La Cruz. He has more nicknames than anybody I know. Um, we call him De La Snooze for a while because we found him sleeping everywhere in the church. But <laughs> Musicians, am I right? Uh, showed up at the Cowboy Church yesterday, and, and um, I was dressed like I dress at the Cowboy Church. And they, one of the speakers looked at me. Y'all the band? I wish. Yeah. It's like, I could try if you want. This Christmas, we uh, had an awesome Christmas, and our boys got way too many presents because we're just... We're, they're blessed. And I'm looking at all these presents. And I should be happy that they got all these presents, but all I can think about is the hours that I'm going to be putting all those presents together. Anybody? Is there any dads out there? Cool. Because um, I'm like, all these gifts got to be put together. And I tried this on a couple. I looked at the box at what the picture was. I can do that. And then I looked at the pieces. I can do that. And then I tried to build it, and it, it didn't work. I had, like, pieces left over. So I look at the box again, and then I look at the pieces. I'm like, what am I missing? So I take it apart, and I try to build it again. It still doesn't work. Like two or three times I'm doing this. Now, the directions are sitting in the bottom of the box, but I'm not. Come on. I mean, don't let the skinny jeans fool you. I can put together a toy. So I'm looking at the box, I'm looking at the pieces, I'm wasting time denying the step because I can see the picture. And so I'm so committed to the picture that I've abandoned the steps. I'm holding tight to the picture while I've let go of the steps. Until finally, after putting it together, taking it apart, putting it together, taking it apart, putting it together, taking it apart, I give up. And when I give up, I pull out the directions, and step by step, piece A with piece B, click. Piece C with piece B, click. Attached with screw D and bolt, and I'm like, but when I follow the steps, I got the picture. That's the will of God. That's because we see the picture. I'm like, okay, I got to change this. I got to do this. I got to jump up on stage. I got to go here. I got to sell that. And, and, and then it's like, wait, this isn't right. So we dismantle it and we try it again. I got to go to this internship. I got to go to this school. I got to do this. I, I, and then that's not right. And you look at the picture. You look at yourself. You look at the picture. You look at yourself. You look at the picture. You look at yourself. Take it all apart. Try it again. And some of you are burnt out chasing the picture. God says it's time to climb higher. Get up on the mount and listen to the steps. Listen to the steps. I'm going to close with this and we'll be done. In Acts chapter 8, this passage that we read, it's the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. And I, I, I love this story. I've, if I've counseled you, I might have used this story. This is, this is the story. I love this. Because this is the will of God in a New Testament illustration. It's beautiful. 
It says in, in Acts chapter 8, verse 26, it says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, we read this already, he's giving him directions. So he says, go south to the road, to the desert road. It's usually where God speaks, FYIs. It's like he always takes you through that desert road. It's like, can we go through the, the other road? The easier one? He says, go through the desert road. The one that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now, I'm just going to ask you a question, okay? This is a trick question, so you don't have to answer if you don't want to, because this is a trick question. Where do you think God was trying to get him to go? Go down to the road that leads to Gaza. Where do you think he's trying to go? Now, this is what I would say. I'm not going to make I'm not going to make you feel like that. I would say Gaza. Go to the Go to the road that leads to Gaza. Oh, God's taking me to Gaza. Here we go. Man, I love Gaza. It's great. I can't wait to get to Gaza. Man, thank you, Lord. You told me to go to the road that leads to Gaza. I heard they have great crepes in Gaza. You know, I'm just heading down. I'm like, I'm so excited. You're already making plans. It's like, oh, real estate's great in Gaza. Okay, I I can do this. Um, This this is going to be a great investment for me. You're making all these plans about the destination and, and, and then this story, if you don't know, it's about the Ethiopian eunuch. And it says that while he was following the directions. Now, this is what I would have done. I would have went straight to Gaza. God, I got you. We're partners on this. I'm with you. Let's go to Gaza. And I'd be sitting in Gaza waiting for God to do something. But it says for him to go to the road that leads to Gaza. So he went to the road that leads to Gaza. And when he was at the road that leads there, he stayed. He didn't assume that he should go to Gaza. He just followed the little step, which seemed pretty dumb because it wasn't even a city. It was an intersection. Nobody wants to camp out at an intersection. You don't want to be in your life at an intersection. You don't want to be in your 40s and have an intersection. You don't want to be 55 and have an intersection. Nobody likes that. But it was his step. And it just so happened at the very time that he was waiting at the intersection of the road that leads to Gaza, the Ethiopian eunuch rolls up in his chariot and says, uh, I'm reading here in Isaiah about the lamb that went to the slaughter, and uh, I need someone to explain this thing to me. Philip jumps up, leads him to Jesus, gets baptized right there. And then this is crazy. The Bible says this, that he got transported to a different city, which is awesome. Someday, if I'm ever preaching, I just disappear. I'm like, wasn't about Gaza. It was about the encounter on the road to Gaza. Let me just say it this way. Assumed outcomes equal missed opportunities. Assumed outcome. That's why sometimes you're dating that girl and you're like, oh yeah, we're definitely getting married. Just hold it lightly. Hold your step firmly. I feel like this is right today but you hold the destination lightly. Oh, I'm going to run after this. I'm going to do this. Oh, God, you said I have this interest in music. I am going to have a famous band. We're going to travel the world. That's it. And you quit your job. This has never happened around here. Um, the, you, you quit your job. You quit everything that would ever make you any type of money. You're like, that's the destination. And then you call me like, hey, this ain't working. Can you send me money, pastor? Help, please. Because you assumed an outcome. You assumed, God said, take a step. 
and you assumed there was something for you to learn in the step. I'm telling you, if we're going to do what God has called us to do, we cannot assume that what He's doing is what is in our mind because God is bigger than we are. God is doing something that is bigger than all of us. He says, don't assume an outcome. Get up on a mountain. Grab on a step and get down in the valley and take it and then go back up on the mountain and get another step and go back in the valley. Right steps equal right destination. Right steps equal right destination. Wrong steps equal wrong destination. I'm done. I won't pray for you. I felt like the Lord told me to tell you that if anybody has been stuck in a valley, that today's your day. I felt like the Lord told me to tell you that anybody that's been stuck you just been like locked up in a valley wondering, God, what? I see the picture, but the broken pieces of my life don't match the picture. But this is the crazy thing about God is he can take broken pieces and he can make them into a mask. This is what he is a professional at. He says that I'll take your ashes and I'll give you beauty. I know we can in our own ability, in our own mind, in our own understanding, make a masterpiece out of these broken pieces and mistakes and garbage and failings. I know we can, but God says if you follow the steps, I'll make you into the picture. That's what, that's what he does. That is our good God. That's why he's not done until it's good. Oh, Pastor, I, man, I have messed up marriages. I've messed up my kids. I messed up. Guess what? He has the direction packet for you. Well, I'm sure he does for someone. No, it's for you. He is not done until it's good. And you're not done if you're alive, if you're breathing. God is not done with you yet. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.